watch movie-based video games. Think to yourself, this is kind of strange. Mario is British, Luigi's Latino, and Cuba's played by a goddamn weirdo. Well, that's video games and movie. Video games and movie. Video games and movie. Um, hello and welcome to Is It, no not Is It Worth It, <laughs> Video Games the Movie, uh, which is a show that Kuju and I do, um, adaptions, adaptations, adaptations of, uh, video games, uh, in cinema and such. Um, I'm Blaine J and with me is Kujo. Hey, how's it going? Or should I say? <laughs> Sorry about the... <laughs> should I say hello Night City again? Yeah, yeah, and uh, just right off the bat, um, you know, we spoke briefly via Discord. Uh, you, you're kind of like mediocre on this, and I, I'm much higher. <laughs> I've got to say, especially like after watching these reviews and stuff, I'm like, yeah, I really did like this. You know, um, it's maybe not the best anime ever, and uh, the one thing that uh, I think kept you from really liking it is the story overall is kind of predictable and a little tropey in parts. Yeah. But overall, man. Yeah, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's bad. I just uh, was like kind of meant, like I'm, I'm not, I'm just like, eh, it's, it's okay. It's just uh, it, it kind of nothing surprised me. It's like it is really tropey where, if you watch, have watched anime, you're kind of like, okay, this is where this guy dies, this guy's going to die, you know, and like, oh, they're going to do the thing where he just dies at the end, you know, I guess spoilers, <laughs> but, uh... Well, no, you, you know that from the start, because even in the opening animation, the main character, David, is shown being shot in the head by, like, a building, I guess, it looks like, it's like this humanoid looking thing made of a skyscraper but it shoots him point blank in the head and he falls to his feet maybe the average person won't even notice that or pick up on it but yeah, it, it's that. kind of played up from the very beginning that this is going to end tragically yeah, um so you you kind of know and you you also know or you think you know who it is that is going to live at the end there ends up out of the whole cast of protagonists there's only two that end up living um, one of which is kind of a minor character for the most part, and then the uh, the female who is uh, I can't remember her name, but the love interest of David, uh, Lucy, I think. Yeah, it's Lucy. <clears throat> so yeah, spoilers for that. But um, yeah, I guess that. I guess so. We'll, we'll five minutes. Now, we'll say now we're gonna spoil everything. So go ahead and stop it if you're. <laughs> I mean. Uh, the one or two people that listen to this, but, uh, yeah, there's not a lot, but again, I, I really feel like, um, anyone that watches the, the first episode, first couple episodes is going to know where it's going. It's more about the, you know, the unfolding of how it gets there yeah. and just the, uh, the animation and the music and, and such is just, this is, you know, as far as animation slash music go, uh, probably my second favorite of all time as far as anime goes. It's like just under Cowboy Bebop for me. Um, it is just stellar to me, but um, it it is it doesn't pull any punches, you know, much like the game itself didn't, mm -hmm. where you know you're you're gonna see just 
you know, if you, if you like horniness in your anime, you're get, basically every female character, every male character, at some point you're going to see them naked. Um, it's just almost as constant as the blood, which is also just, they don't pull any punches. I mean, there's blood and the ripping off of heads, and I mean, it is almost overly graphic and over the top. I mean, to a point of absurdity, certainly, but you're watching an anime, and that's, you know, what I came to expect as a kid from anime was all this over-the-top stuff like you would see in, like, the Fist of North Star or Akira or something like that, and something that anime's kind of shied away from in recent times, um, and, you know, the cussing and everything else. And I felt, you know, that was a breath of fresh air, and then just the... Uh, how true it was to the world of cyberpunk yeah. made me want to play cyberpunk all over again too. So yeah, I mean I, that's what I was going to add as well. It's like it does very, stay, like the gore and the language and the sex sexualization and everything is definitely just like playing the game. So they definitely uh, stay true to the world, and it's not like hey, this is like an anime dressed as cyberpunk. No, it's it's like a a good like addition to the cyberpunk lore where. Um, they did do a patch. I just I was looking this up before we started, where they did patch in some uh, locations, and you can get David's jacket and stuff uh, in the game now. Oh, boss! Yeah, is yeah. That's one of the things that I don't know about you, but drew me to the cyberpunk world. Was it felt a lot like like the Shadowgate world that it was a living, breathing, real place? I mean, they have their own vernacular. They would say things. Um, Chum and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, Chum and oh god, what's the what's the word for cool? Nova. They always say Nova and stuff. And like, uh, it made me remember that stuff from the game. And also, like, if this was something like that becomes regular, and it very well may, because this is one of the best received animes I've ever seen. I'm, I was watching review after review, and. They everyone is like much higher on it than even I am, and I I think it's great. But all these anime reviewers are like, this is what we needed, and and the one thing they also all had in common was none of them had played Cyberpunk, oh, really? um, so it was all new to them. So you very much don't need to have played the game in order to like this. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, it's a prequel, and is what I read. <clears throat> yeah, it takes place a year before, I believe. Yep. And, yeah, there's some characters that, uh, actually, is it just Atom Smasher that is in both? Um, I think, I think it, it is. there's probably, like, if you look closely uh, when they're going to the bar, I think you can see, like, the bartender that I think uh, is in the Oh, game. yeah? Cool. Yeah. I can't remember her name, but, um, but yeah, that, that's cool. But there's no mention of Johnny, a.k.a. Keanu Reeves. Oh, yeah. Uh, that I heard there's you know which was a major part of the other game, um, you know it's it's entirely its own thing just set within the same world, and it's got a cast of characters that for me you know they they all felt you know yeah they're tropey, but you instantly identified those tropes and they were done so well to me that um, you didn't really have to explain their backstory at all when you first see Rebecca. You know, she's kind of like this pint-sized, over-the-top, um, just badass little chick. 
when you see her brother Petro or something like that with the the hands, the hacker, you know that he's like a real kind of sleazy, you know, over-sexualized kind of dude, but, you know, still with a heart of gold. And then you've got Maine, who acts as like the pseudo-father to David and the group as a whole. And he's... He's just like a really good guy in a world where like there aren't very many good guys. In fact, the entirety of the group is really close knit. Um, in in a world where you don't really have that anymore, you know, no one trusts anyone in Night City, and these guys have each other's back no matter what, and they're they're almost like a a family. Um, and then there's you know Maine's girlfriend who looks more like a man. She's probably to me, the weakest character, her big thing is that she's a badass and kind of keeps Maine in line. And then uh, the two uh, Netrunners, which is basically a hacker in this world, yeah. are females, and uh, one of which is Lucy, and the other of which is uh, Toomey or something like that. Both chicks, you get to see them both naked, so, if, you know. And the thing is, like, I was probably in episode four or five before I realized they were two different chicks because they look pretty similar, you know, with the mask off, the one kind of, they have the same hairstyle, they're both net runners. And I was like, well, what's going on? Her voice is slightly different. And, you know, I guess I missed something at some point, but yeah, they're two different characters. And then you have David. And like you've said, the story is pretty obvious where it's going from the beginning. You got this kid, David, He's in this prestigious academy that think like Harvard or something, except in this world, you basically have people, corpos is what they call them, people that work for the corporations and go up the ranks and become wealthy, and then you have everyone else that, you know, basically make up the majority of the world. And it's kind of, uh, you know, it, it's based in reality because that's where we're moving towards, you know, year after year. Uh, those people that make more money are becoming higher and higher above those of us that aren't, and the middle class has almost disappeared entirely at this point. Um, you know, and probably, you know, if things continue, then this is the kind of world we may end up in. And David's at the bottom of this totem pole, and he lives alone with his mom. I don't think they explain where his father is, who his father was. Um, maybe they do, and I missed it. Yeah, it's one of those things that doesn't matter because he's not part of the life, and I'm sure yeah, he's things are just not in the picture. Yeah, uh, the other girl and is Kiwi. That's what. That's what I was looking up. Kiwi. Yeah. Yeah, I remembered it was. I said to me. I remember something like that. And then Falco was the, but, the other one. Yeah, Falco. Uh, spoilers for Falco. He's the other guy that lives at the end. Uh, it's Falco and Lucy and. Everyone else bites it at various points throughout the show, which it's only a 10-episode arc. I binged it all in one night because I was, I was really enjoying it. Um, I kind of wish I'd have spread it off into two days because um, I was pretty tired by the end of it, and I think I missed some things. But overall, you know, it was story-wise, it was easy enough to follow because, like I said, I pretty much knew where it was going. Uh, some of the deaths were really disappointing, especially Rebecca's because she makes it damn near to the end, you know? And I was yeah. hoping that she would, because she was my favorite character. Yeah, uh... Yeah, the, the episodes are only about 
half hour long. So I did I did what you were wanting to do. I split it up into two different viewings, and uh, I I finished it this weekend. And um, yeah, like I was hoping for more twists, but it's kind of straightforward and. Um, basically when they did the, like, I think it was like episode two where they did the whole moon thing. I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, this something, something, and she's going to get to the moon. <laughs> like that's, well, uh, yeah, obviously like when he promises, promises her that he will get her to the moon one day. Cause it's her dream to go there. Um, <clears throat> cause they have settlements on the moon. And she just wants to leave this world behind because it's completely overrun by, you know, corporations and such. And she wants a simpler life. Um, you know that he's going to make that happen, but that his own life will probably and tragically in getting her there. And, you know, they hint at it throughout it in that, you know, they have this character, Maine, which, <clears throat> uh, well, starting back from where I was, because it, you, you, almost inherently know that his mom is going to meet her end pretty quickly too, you know, because it, it, she has to, you know, it's, yeah, that's the trope, bit, right? Yeah, we were hoping <clears throat> to get a little bit more. I was hoping to get a little bit more time. So I would care a little bit more, but it was, to me, it was like too quick. She died like as soon as he saw her, you know, so. Yeah. And that could be part of just the time restraint of them having to do this within 10 episodes. And they wanted to focus more on David's story than on, you know, anything having to do with the mother or have you having any sympathy for her death. Um, but is, also... His mom is a big part of his story, if, though. Well, yes, but if you had started this even, you know, two episodes before then, you you wouldn't have much of a story. I mean, what you see David going to class, his mom taking care of him, yeah. and what? You know, they they could have maybe built up the rivalry between him and that asshole at school a bit more, maybe well, explained have... a bit more his role as far as selling, uh, you know, what do they call those? Those video, whatever they have. I can't remember what they're called. Where they brain scans or whatever video scans. Um, cause that's what David does on the side is he, uh, brain helps brain dance. Yeah. He helps uh, distribute brain dances um, through the school to make some extra money to help his mom get by because they're just constantly broke because she's having to do everything she can to put them into this school because they are very much not, you know, the type of people that would normally go to this school because it's very costly. But she wants him to have a good life, and the only way that she can foresee... Uh, with, without him getting into effectively what are gangs is by putting him into this school so that he can to a corporation and you know make it to the top of said corporation because he's a smart kid he's getting good grades and stuff but he's also constantly rebelling against it and rightfully so because when you put someone like that into a school full of uh, preppy assholes basically people that feel entitled um people that are born into money, uh, they feel like they're better than everyone else, even though that's obviously not true. We're all just humans. They were just, you know, dealt a better hand at birth or whatever. Um, and, you know, they constantly pick on David. This one kid in particular is, you know, really hard on David and, like, kicks his ass for no reason, you know, because he has all this 
cybernetic uh, enhancements that David can't afford. David didn't have any initially. And, uh, yeah, his mom, you know, it opens up, uh, I think David's watching a brain dance of the soldier that has this very special cybernetic spine. Uh, it's called the Sandistram or something. And it enables this guy to move like the Flash, basically. Like, he moves so fast that it creates an afterimage is the type of animation they show you. I thought it was really well done. Um, pretty cool looking and never got old to me. And this guy is uh, gone full cyber psychosis. And in this universe, that's when you get cybernetic enhancements to the point where it causes you to go crazy. You lose whatever it is that makes you human. And all you want to do is like kill, you know, kill people. You become uh, super strong. Um, in the game, like, I think you have to take out, what, like, 16 of them or something? Yeah. As a side quest. And they're all pretty hard battles. In in the show, you know, we see a couple of people that go through cyberpsychosis, and this is the, the first, you know, mention of it, is this soldier going all crazy and stuff, and his mom works as a paramedic, and she goes to the scene, and unbeknownst to us, she has been to help put David through college has been stealing basically body parts, cybernetic body parts off of these uh, people and selling them on the black market to put him through school. Yeah. And that's so the part where I think it could have been, they could have done a little bit more. It's like uh, his mom with, uh, you know, the group that he does end up joining, like a little bit more interaction between them. I mean, that's... It would have been neat to see her and Maine's um, relationship because it's it's told to us that, you know, they were very close and that's evident and stuff, but you never see it. So it would have been nice, but again, I think it really came down to the time restraint of, you know, here's 10 episodes, do what you can within this time frame. So they made the decision to cut to the chase when it came to his mom. Yeah. I think I don't I, I don't know for sure, but you're right. It it would have been nice to have a little more lead up. Um, you know, there could very well be a a second season of this. No. Maybe they'll touch on that or something. I don't know. Well, according to what I read, that it was just a one one season. It's a self contained uh, series, so oh, that's too bad. Yeah, they might do like a different cyberpunk series, but. We, these characters, I mean, obviously all the characters are dead, so there's not much more you can do with them. Uh, I mean, I guess you could follow Falco, right? Or Lucy, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, they don't really, uh, they said that this, they're not going to do another one of these uh, seasons for this uh, series. That's too bad. It, you know, but it it's, like you say, it's it does feel a bit rushed here at the beginning, but you know, if you had to choose between telling the full story of David, <coughs> excuse me, or uh, getting to know his mom a little better, I think they went the right direction. Um, but yeah, they, uh, you know, he's driving after getting in the fight with that kid at school, and it's, it can hardly be called a fight because the dude goes like straight E Honda, million hand slap on his ass, <laughs> and just like throws a thousand punches at David. And, David does effectively nothing because at this point he is just a human. And yeah, uh, knocks him to the ground. He goes to the principal's office. I believe he gets kicked out of school at this point. 
and his mom comes to pick him up and is disappointingly driving him home when they get in the middle of a battle, for lack of a better word, between some cyberpunks and their car gets all shot to fuck because they're in the crossfire. They end up crashing. It throws his mom out the windshield very graphically, hits the pavement. Trauma team comes again from the game. And again, this is something we experience now where, you know, you might have a form of cancer right now that is 98% curable, but if you don't have insurance and a means to pay your copay, they will let you die. That's just the corporate world of America we live in. It's fucking brutal and gross. And that's, this is what that is turned up to a million, right? It's like, here this gallery, she's on the ground bleeding out. Trauma team shows up. They read whatever it is, you know, her uh, chip that tells them whether or not she has trauma team. They say, no, she let the local, you know, meat wagon pick her up or whatever. And they just leave her on the ground. Yeah. They say, uh, she, go ahead. I said, they, they let, they tell, they say, let the meat wagon, which is like the poor ver- people version of the ambulance come and get her. Um, yeah. And it's and she terrible. So, well, I mean, they, they bring her to the shit hospital and they initially somehow stabilize her, even though this place is barely keeping the lights on, but <clears throat> then complication, she dies. Yeah. And David has all these problems now because he has no one else. Really um, when is due, they, in fact, they lock him out of his house. He has to crawl through a damn vent to get in. Um, he's got to pay for the medical bills and the cremation of his mother. And that's when he finds this body part, the Cyberstrand or whatever it's called, um, and tries to sell it to his one friend that is in this sort of business. Uh, I think he's just called Doc. And he's the guy that he's been running uh, brain scans for. Yeah. And he like initially offers him ten thousand bucks, but then when he uh, he's like, no way, this thing's worth you know ten times that or whatever. When he uh, finally does break down and call back and say, hey, I'll take the ten thousand, the guy's like, no, it's six now, and you know all this shit's happening. David, he just finally says, fuck it, I just I'll get this thing installed on me, and he does so, and. You know, the doctor tries to talk him out of it, but then says, you know, you're probably going to go crazy from hooking this stuff up. It's military grade. Not everybody can handle it. You'll end up with cyber psychosis. David basically says, fuck you, I don't care. Gets it installed. And he doesn't get any medicine. No. And, so that, guy, that doctor is really trying to kill him, you know. Yeah, he's just looking to get the cyber sand for free or whatever. Um, because the deal is he'll he'll put it in, but when David dies, he he lays claim to the part. Yeah. So David uh, like the sand of the tries this. What's that? I think it's called the that little uh, the thing that he gets that connects to a spine, the San Devestian or something like that. Yeah, sandestrian, sand, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's basically a spinal cord that turns you into the Flash. Right, and the, I guess we didn't uh, mention this, but uh, the, everything is subtitled. It's all in Japanese. So. Oh, really? I, I watched it not in Japanese. Okay, then I'm stupid. <laughs> and I didn't, ch- I didn't change it. I didn't know you could change it. So. Um, I guess I just had mine set to English. And it was very well done. In fact, uh, the main villain is voiced by um, 
the guy, oh God, I can't think of his name for the life of me right now. He was uh, the main bad guy later on, Gus, in Breaking Bad. And he was in, like, Far Cry 6. Um, tremendous actor, black guy. Uh, you talking about Faraday? Just inc- who? You talking about the bad guy Faraday? Uh, the, yeah, the one with three eyes. Yeah, Giancarlo Espinito. Yeah. Yeah, he's fantastic and did an incredible job. I, I recognized his voice right off. I was like, holy shit. Damn it. Um, I wish I would watch it in English. No, we watch it in English. Maybe you'll like it a lot more. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, it was it was great. Um, the voice acting in this was all real stellar. Everyone had just loads of personality. Um really did their, you know, did credit to it. Yeah, I, I didn't even know it was in Japanese. <laughs> well, that's messed up. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Uh, but yeah, uh, he goes back to the school and uh, lays a beat down on his bully. And I, actually, actually, I think this is where he gets permanently kicked out, right? Yeah. He was only in trouble before, and this gets him kicked out. Yeah, basically, uh, he has to, like, his mom agrees to pay for something. Because of what he did in the first episode. Yeah, that's right. I forgot he he tried to use some cyberware to basically hack a project or something that everyone was working on, and it caused he didn't he didn't buy all the, the upgrade for uh, uh, the the class. There's like some kind of update uh, an update for his book or something or the 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 program they're going to use, and he bought some hack version, and it causes everyone's uh, like basically. VR uh, hardware to malfunction. Yeah, and then he has to, his mom has to promise to pay for all of it. And yeah, he doesn't get kicked out, but now they're even further in debt, and that's more money that he now owes now that she's gone. So, yeah, he uh, goes back to school, knocks that kid out. His, his dad is like the head of the school, basically like the principal. Yeah, his, dad um, is, they call, his dad's a corporal. And, oh, okay. I thought he was the head of the school itself. No, his dad's the corporal guy from later that they capture. Yeah, yeah, I knew that, but I no. thought he was also the top guy at that school, but no. maybe not. I think he just gives money to the school, like basically. It could be. That's the way it looked. This but yeah, that's he's like a big guy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he kicks the kid's ass because now he has these newfound like superpowers effectively and his dad notices that you know this kid is wearing this special gear knows immediately where it came from so on and so forth but also notes that it doesn't seem to be affecting him the way it would most people in that he should be going crazy from the amount of times he's been using it and he's not he's actually handling it pretty well in fact uh, almost superhumanly well, because as you said, he's not even on any of the drugs that you're supposed to take while you know you're using the cyberware. And he learns this because after this encounter, he's on a train, and this girl that he's previously seen out of the corner of his eye uh, tries to rob him. You know, steal effectively what's his wallet. Everyone keeps their money on a chip in their neck, and uh, she's stealing people's wallets off this uh, like subway train 
and he's fast enough that he catches her by the arm and's like, hey, you, you know, don't be stealing from me kind of thing. She's impressed at how quick he can move and has him help her to rob other people on the train. That's all this and, set up. Yeah, it's basically his introduction to her is how he gets introduced to this group. Um, they just so happened to be the same group that was going to buy this piece of hardware that he now has fused to his back, which is, uh, I think, why she was following him. Yeah, that's why she followed him in the first place. But she just made it. Look yeah, like, she made it look like he, she wanted his help to trick him into coming back to her place so that they can, you know, get the jump on him, basically. Right, because she takes him into a brain dance of the moon and gives him this whole spiel about, you know, the, you know she never felt this way or whatever, and he falls for it pretty quick, but it was all just a ruse for this group to uh, steal, you know, this thing. They don't want to kill him necessarily, but they might have to to get it off of him. But then... Knew, uh, I think they knew that he had it on, like he installed it, because it's crazy to install, like, that military-grade... Uh, hardware uh, so they probably just thought he had it you know at his apartment or something and then they were like oh crap you do have it installed and so yeah. so yeah the, the what's his name the uh, main just is like well you can pay me back for it basically and uh, or he talks main into like giving him a job basically yeah well once he learns that his mother is basically the person he was going to purchase it from um, and that they were really tight, you know, and that this is the son, not just some rando that, you know, got it. Then that softens him up a bit. And yeah, he starts working for him. He goes on a job uh, to, what is this first job? Wasn't it to uh, hijack that dude that we were just talking about? The one dude's dad? They're trying to get some, like, information from this guy's car, like the, the route he's going to take or something like that, from the driver or some high-up guy. And, of course, it all, That's goes, right. it all goes, like, sideways, basically. Right, yeah, they're going to hijack a car to get information for some other job. But they, uh, they end up doing it, but they botch it at the same time. Right. The information is worthless. David... Yeah, information is worthless because they steal the guy's car and then like they just change the whole route anyways. So they they basically fail the mission. But they Yeah, and they, they doubly fail because even though the car is worth a lot, it totally gets trashed because David can't drive. <laughs> yeah, David I don't think he has ever drove before. <laughs> Which is hilarious. He does pretty good for a guy that's never driven, you know. Um, manages to, you know, make it away and stuff like that. And this is where we're introduced to all the characters we were talking about before. You could see Rebecca and Maine and Petro or whatever. All these guys are in this section. And from here on out, it's really... Um, I don't want to shorten it, you know, I feel like, yeah, I'll be talking for an hour if I just tell every yeah. plot point, but yeah, we can. that's kind of how it opens up, mm -hmm. and then, you you know, you see that Maine is slowly going cyber psychosis, you know, he's having these twitches with his hands, 
so on and so forth. You know, they start running more jobs together, becoming more competent. David is, and uh, I, I didn't think about it until you started talking about. It, but if you never have played the game, you wouldn't, I guess, know that. Like I kind of, I see it. You see his eyes, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. he's going through cyber psychosis. Where if you have, I think that's maybe why so many people like the the anime a lot because they don't know the. I think the story of the game's a lot better, and so... Yeah, that could be. Like, having played the games, you instantly recognize cyberpsychosis. Now, it is given away at the beginning because you see the eyes with the, the one soldier dude and so on and so forth, and they do run into a guy that goes full cyberpsychosis pretty early on that uh, kills Petro. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and he has those same sketchy eyes and stuff. But yeah, I think it, uh, it is kind of cool. Uh, a side note is that um, as you see the different locations, like in the show, I can picture it in my head in the game because you know I spent, uh-huh. we spent like 50, 60 hours in that world, and it's like, oh, I know where that is, and I know where that is. You know, just come from like the they do like aerial views or whatever where they're at, and like, oh, they're in the desert part, and they're in this part of the town. And it's like that's that's kind of cool. That, that was really cool. Yeah, I kept it kind of. Uh, like just like the game, like the location. So, yeah, and I really I enjoyed that environment in the game. I enjoyed it in in the show, and to me, it was neat to revisit these places in a sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you'd never seen it, it would have been all fresh and new. But it was such a well built world that um, that yeah, you would instantly accept it. It didn't feel you know rushed or anything it, it felt well thought out because it was you know and but yeah you you slowly see Maine you know having these problems and I think his his girlfriend even you know warns him maybe he should scale back on his cyberware maybe downgrade to where you know he can handle it a little better for a little longer mm-hmm. um, of course he refuses and Right, you know, right then it felt like a setup to me that David would go through the exact same steps because he had this reverence and respect for Maine and this, uh, like, notion that he's special, which he is, but that'll only get him so far. Um, so it's like, and his arm was the first thing that started going bad, right? And he leaves his arms to David uh, in basically his living will. And, yeah, when he bites it, uh, his girlfriend bites it shortly thereafter. And after that point, you know, David kind of assumes the role of leader of this band, what's left, you know, because at this point, Pedro is dead, Maine died, and then Maine's girlfriend died. So we're left with Kiwi, Rebecca, Falco, and Lucy, and of course David. Um, so a smaller group, and you know the the anime shifts to where David is now a bit older and much buffer. He is almost entirely cybernetic at this point, mm-hmm. and uh, he's showing the same signs that Maine was showing when he was first starting to go, you know, cyber psychosis. Um, he twitches and stuff. And I'm kind of led to believe it was because of the damn arm, because he has the exact same problems. Yeah. I think it's, so like, it's like maybe a little bit of both. It's like maybe the arm, but he just, just goes so far, you know, that the, they're the military grade 
uh, back piece he has is already like a lot, and then he just does his whole body for the most part. Because there's a part in the show where basically he just attaches his torso, and the rest is all cybernetic. So, um, yeah, he's effectively all that's left is like maybe internal organs in his head. Yeah, maybe his spine too, yeah. or whatever part. Yeah, and he's just almost a robot, which. You can do in this world, as evidenced by Atom Smasher. Atom Smasher is a brain inside of this cybernetic body, um, and he's lived for you know hundreds of years or whatever. <laughs> and maybe David thinks he can be another Atom Smasher because he's kind of this legendary character, you know, hadn't been seen for a while, but it's known that he's kind of like the enforcer of this one corporation. Well, uh, when things get really bad, they bust out Atom Smasher. Of course, in the game. It's one of the tougher battles in the game, and Adam Smasher is more prevalent. In this, he really doesn't show up outside of being mentioned until the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, David's at this point, he's living with Lucy. They're a couple. Um, you know, Kiwi lives by herself. Rebecca lives by herself. And is, you know, there's, there's sadness all about because they've lost... a big portion of their group but like david's kind of uh kept it together and he you know we open up with a new job and there's this new kid that's joined him and he's kind of like at first something oh is this going to be like his david you know as Maine had david under his wing maybe this kid is going to be you know the kid that goes under david's wing and that's kind of what they want you to believe because he's like Tell him now you should probably use this gun and never do this and all these tips because this kid, you know, wants to be a cyberpunk and thinks, you know, David is so cool and he is at this point. David is just, he has all kinds of abilities and all these cybernetic upgrades and so on and so forth. Looks almost completely unrecognizable other than his face. Uh, He's huge now and so on, you know. But yeah, this kid just bites it on the very first mission because he doesn't listen and runs into a hall with a booby trap. Uh, I think that was kind of. I think that they're saying. Um, I think I was like alluding to what's going to happen to David because uh, the the key element that is missing uh, is Lucy because she basically stops uh, doing missions because in the previous one she gets into the guy's head and she, she sees that David's on this list. And she's, right. she's trying to bury that. That's why she like breaks up from the group so that she's trying to keep David, you know, save David's life. But with her not being a part of the group, it essentially kills him because he just gives up. He doesn't really care anymore. And I think that was what they were saying with that new guy. It's like, yeah, he didn't have a Lucy to look out for him or help him out, and so he ran ahead and hit the trip the mine, you know, and just blew up and. Yeah. If it wasn't for Lucy, I think David probably wouldn't have made that far either. No, he certainly wouldn't have because the corporation is after him because of his tolerance to um, cyberware. They want to test this experimental um, like exoskeleton on him where this piece of equipment has all these uh, magnetic abilities but it will cause you to go just absolute batshit very, very quickly. And we learn that Lucy has been, after she learned, um, you know, they, they kidnap that one dude's dad and go into his head. Uh, we learn that 
they're after David because they want him to test this thing. She deletes all David's files so that uh, he can be hidden from them effectively, yeah. which, you know, good honor. And then, like, she's spending most of her time finding people that are looking for David and uh, killing them. Um, and she turns out to be, like, so much more than what she initially appeared to be because she was part of this group that was uh, built by this corporation. They took kids at a very young age, figured out one which ones had an aptitude for uh, net running and turned them into these, like, super net runners so that they could go into the old Internet, which... Uh, there was some kind of calamity somewhere around 2050 or something. And there's a whole new internet and the old internet is virtually inaccessible for reasons. I forget how they explain it, but there are reasons. And they're looking for something within that old internet. And it's incredibly dangerous because there's all these, like, basically it's glitchy as fuck is my understanding. Cause it's not at all stable. Like, you know, because it, broken places completely and so on and so forth and yeah these kids that they're training to go into it uh they'll go in like a group of 10 and like nine will come out and then they'll go in with a nine and eight will come out or whatever they they just keep dying off and finally like the last few say enough is enough and they use their hacking abilities to try and break free of the corporation and uh, the only one that makes it out is Lucy. Everyone else dies. Uh, she just kind of runs as they're gunning down all her little friends and stuff and then lives on the streets for a while and ends up in the care of Maine and all them and, you know, finds a family within them when she's never really known one. And then she's using these things. Uh, she never wanted to go back into the old Internet, um, but she uses that her abilities to go into the old internet, the current internet, find out who is tracking David and killing them before they can figure out where he's at. Um, which has to be pretty hard because David does all these like really big name jobs and he becomes really well known. Yeah. Although I think he takes on a different moniker. I can't remember what it was though. I don't know. He's uh, he called himself edge runners basically. Yeah, but David, like, he has a, a symbol that he makes up, puts on his jacket and his car, and they call him, like, the Whirlwind or something like that. I, I forget. He gets some kind of nickname and goes by that. Um, pretty sure. But anyway, yeah, she's protecting him, unbeknownst to him, and that's more or less why she can't join the group is because protecting him is a full-time job in of itself. And... Yeah, uh, then what, Cujo? I'm kind of blanking. Well, after uh, the, that first job, when they're uh, when it's just David as the group leader? Yeah. Uh, they keep doing jobs, and then eventually Faraday uh, gives, you know, they work their way back up to having Faraday give them jobs, because he's basically, he's almost corporal level, but he's like basically, uh, he's trying to become a corpo. Uh, and so he's uh, doing all these different jobs and try like there's two main uh, like big corporations it's uh, Asukura or whatever Suka I can't remember what it's called and there's like another one and they're basically like fighting each other and everyone else is kind of caught up in this web of it 
and mm. and they work their way up doing all these different jobs and you know david comes more and more like you know basically going uh crazy and uh they work their way up to this job and then faraday you know hires him and it's basically like a double cross because kiwi is working with uh we're working with them and they're you know whichever corporation they're trying to get him into the suit we were talking about earlier and that's yeah and they trick them into uh you know trying to take down this uh uh what's it this truckload of they don't know what it is but the the mission is to get the truckload of you know loot basically and what it really is is like a setup so what's the van they're trying to capture there's no one really driving it and it's that suit and and then all these uh this corporation sends basically like a whole army and their only way out is for david to use the suit right and he dons the suit and previously he's been told that he will uh go full cyber psychosis within like a week yeah um and the doctor gives him uh just i think nine vials of this like military grade medicine but any more than that will like kill him and he says you got nine days kid or whatever it is so david is already he already knows that he's gonna die soon i think you know is uh, my understanding yeah, and he's trying to get enough money to send Lucy to the moon, basically. Right, before he bites it. So he's trying to do this one big job for Faraday. Turns out to be a double cross just to get him to use the suit so that they can get information on someone using the suit because anyone they've previously put into it, like, basically instantaneously goes full cyber psychosis. Yeah. Um, Arasaka and Maxtech is what it is. So Arasaka is one big corporation and Maxtech is the other big corporation. And they're basically right. fighting each other for, you know, uh, control of, you know, the money. Everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, they they have, like, Arasaka sets up the suit to be robbed from Maxtech or something or make it appear as though it was. And Maxtech shows up in full force to kill them all. And um, if he doesn't put on the suit, then they'll have absolutely no chance. So he goes ahead, puts on the suit, uh, makes Rebecca promise that if he starts going cyberpsychosis, she'll shoot him in the heart with one of these vials of medicine. And then she does so because he almost instantly does go full cyber and then sets it up to where he has a button he can press to put another vial into his body when he sees that he's going crazy because there's like a meter of some kind that tells him like he's about to go like full bore crazy and when it starts you know the more he uses this suit the more he keeps using his other you know his uh sandrest ran or whatever it's called um that meter goes up yeah and irisako's their thought is yeah, he'll probably kill all these Max Tech guys, uh, but then he'll, you know, basically, you know, he won't last longer than that, and they can just recollect the suit after, you know, they, they do like a test run. But yep. uh, he does way better than they could have hoped for, and, you know, he goes, he, uh, that's when Kiwi, they find out Kiwi sold him out, uh, to Fair and Faraday Fair, are working together, and basically he's trying to kill like the 
the end of the, sh- the show is him trying to get revenge on them. Uh, and that's when they work their way. Like the but everyone just keeps chasing them, and uh, they're in the getaway because after uh, David does destroy all these Max Tech guys, he basically passes out, and so that's when they're like, on, there's like a whole chase scene where they're driving through the city and trying to hold off uh, the Max Tech forces, or I think it might be Arasaka at this point. Uh, chasing them um, and it becomes a huge fiasco for the guys that set this up and they set one guy to fall because they have to call in uh, what's his face um, the Adam Smasher yeah Adam Smasher to kind of you know end the threat um, right because David does they, they figure David will either take out half of these cars and then die or whatever but he doesn't he takes everybody out and he just keeps going, and now they're afraid that he might, or he is coming for them. And so, yeah, they unleash Adam Smasher. And this is where, unfortunately, like, Rebecca bites it. Um, Adam Smasher just straight up, like, squishes her like a bug, uh, which is unfortunate because her character is the coolest, and I absolutely love it. Um, but, yeah, uh, David fights Adam Smasher, and it doesn't go great, you know. Uh, I don't know what else to say about that. It was, it's pretty one-sided. He doesn't really... I mean, I think about it. At this point, he's fought so many people, and then now he has to fight the, the strongest guy there is, and there's no way he has a chance. And Adam Smash no, it's all the same, if not better, you know, upgrades already. And the difference is... I, th- uh, I think you're saying Adam Smasher still has his brain. I don't think Adam Smasher is anything. He's full cyborg. Yeah, cyborg meaning he has a human brain. Cyborg has a human brain. Android would be full robot. Okay, so he just still has brain. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Adam Smasher is effectively a robot, um, and just has this legendary ability to handle all these things. The suit was designed for Adam Smasher, um, but they wanted to make sure you know, get all the bugs out with a test run on someone that could handle it long enough before they gave it to him. But it seems like Adam doesn't even really want it. He's like making fun of it. It's, you know, all it is is a magnetic powered suit. I don't care about it. Kind of he called it feelings from this guy. At least in the Japanese version, he called it training wheels. Like Yeah. Something of that nature. Training wheels or something like that. But, um, Lucy, what is she doing at this point? She gets kidnapped by uh, Arasaka or whatever. Faraday, yeah. Um, but she manages to get free somehow? Uh, yeah, she gets free. Yeah. For, because, like, he's gloating in front of her and she ends up killing his, like, two lackeys. Um, she gets away for a second and calls him and gives him her uh, coordinates and that's how they basically go after Faraday because she gets away for a second, but then he catches back up with her and recaptures yeah. her. Yeah. Um, and then she he double, triple crosses uh, Kiwi, shoots her, and then Kiwi basically gives up, she puts a tracker on to Faraday, and then she calls, uh, she calls one of them and lets them know where he is, and so basically at, uh, David catches up to Faraday where they're in the corporation building, um, and he eventually 
that's when Adam Smasher shows up, but he does get a get a get the last shot into at least Faraday gets killed. But he does end up saving uh, uh what's her face? Um Lucy. Lucy. He ends up saving Lucy. Yeah, Lucy and Falco, right? Yeah. Somehow, um yeah, Falco drives Lucy away from the scene. Yeah, he causes a and... causes a distraction to uh Adam Smasher. He distracts him so that they could get away. Yeah, I forget how, but somehow, like, they made some money on this whole transaction, and David, like, tells them to split it between uh, Falco and Lucy, and for her to get to the moon, and she does so. Um, so she finally makes it to the moon, uh, David, of course, dies, Adam Smasher is victorious, Faraday is dead, and that's kind of where we're left, we're just left with... Lucy's on the moon, but she's lamenting the fact of the cost that it took to get her there. And Falco is in the wind, and they're basically the only two that live. And the corporation more or less wins. I mean, yeah. you know, Faraday dies, but the corporation is left more or less unchanged. Um, you kind of knew it from the start because the whole idea of cyberpunk is that. Um, no matter how badass you are, is like one of these effectively poor, you know, class that you will never uh, take over and defeat the upper echelon because they just got they've got too much money, too much power, and there's literally nothing that you can do to stop it. Even if you are quote unquote special, um, all you can really hope to do is uh, delay things, maybe. Um, you know, put a, a wrench in the gears, so to speak, but ultimately that wrench is going to get torn to pieces kind of thing, and that's what happens here. It's not, it's like a bittersweet ending, because Lucy does get to go to the moon, um, but aside from that, it's like, oh man, you know, it's just Everybody one of those moments. But... And I think that's why I kind of was meant on it, like just eh on it, because it's kind of a sad story. I thought, you know, I was hoping for a little bit more of a closure to the ending as kind of open, like, I guess doesn't say what she's going to do or how she's going to live there or anything like that, but it just kind of ends. Probably my, my thought is she, she just wants to live a normal quotations life and she wasn't afforded that, um, on earth. So maybe she'll be able to do that on the moon. It would have been nice if somehow David made it out of all this, uh, but you basically, or at least I, I, I knew from the start, you know, it was like, yeah, that's that's just not going to happen. I think it was like... That's not in the cards for him. Once they, once they showed him, like, changed and how he was reacting to the change, like, maybe six, episode six or seven, when he was, like, kind of yeah. despondent and not really... He was starting to drift into his memories and stuff. Like, yeah, he's not going to make it. That's kind of where I was... Yeah. So... But yeah, it's very, yeah, I... very good anime. It's good, uh, very well done. It's just, I think, uh, just didn't catch me the way I wanted it to be. To to wasn't as enjoyable as um, for for a lot of people like you. Yeah, now here, I mean, everyone has you know. I really expected you to love it uh, as much as I did. My only, like I said, my only problem with it was that I, you know, knew what was going to happen before it happened for the most part but um that's true of almost everything <laughs> because hollywood has a way of writing 
where you know you'll be watching a movie and you just know oh, this guy's gonna die or uh, she's gonna get cancer or you know whatever it is you just or at least i do and i think you're intuitive as well uh you get to where you just know you know you've seen enough of these things you know how they write and how they play out so it's very rare for anything to surprise me these days even when it's a movie that's supposed to surprise you you know um it's why things like the sixth sense were you know at the time so big it's not that that movie was so much better than any other you know ghost story because it wasn't it was that twist ending that everyone talked about and stuff and you know it did something that you just totally didn't expect right it's not um you know, but you just like anticipate and then if it goes how you anticipate you're like oh that's not very uh exciting or whatever you're ho- you're hoping for more and that you're just like I-, I anticipated this to happen and then it does and it's like right. i don't want to be right type of thing <laughs> Sure, and I, I get that, and I was a little disappointed in that as well. But the way that it unfolded um, visually and sound design and everything-wise yeah. was so good that I didn't care as much. It's like when you watch, I don't know, like something like Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or something like that where um, you know, or like a Marvel movie, like that'd be a probably a better example because you... You, you watch like a Marvel movie and you know where it's going and you know what's going to happen and stuff. And um, I haven't been surprised by one in 10 years, but um, I still love them and they're, they're still real enjoyable to watch. That's kind of how I felt about this. Um, just the animation alone was such a breath of fresh air. Uh, it was so well done. Um, I, 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 I loved it. And then the music was... Again, uh, amongst like there, there are parts where it was like I didn't know if I should be watching the film or like turning it, you know, way up or figuring out who it was that was playing in the background um, because I, I loved almost every score. Uh, there was a lot of real bangers on this. Um, everything was done really well in that regard. In fact, uh, the music composer is the same guy that did the Silent Hill series, uh, so that's awesome. Um, just real great stuff. I think the theme song was done by what, like Arcade Fire or something. Um, so yeah, just you know, big, uh, big names all around. Um, just really impressive to me. Uh, as you said, the story is somewhat lacking, but you know, it's set in a world that I really, really, really enjoy. You know, cyberpunk is easily my favorite genre, so maybe I am a little. Um, you know, overly into it, biased or whatever, but, but, uh, so every anime reviewer that I watched, I watched multiple people, um, and every one of them was basically over the moon, you know, pun intended, uh, about this series and all lamented that, you know, it was too short. They felt, a lot of them felt like it should have been, you know, 12, 14 episodes. I can kind of agree with that. Um, but they were given 10. So, you know, that's what Netflix allocated, and so they did the best with what they had, and I felt, you know, I feel like they did a really great job, you know, they could have easily have made this more uh, PC, I guess, you know, uh, available to a younger audience or whatever, because this is not something you're going to want to watch with your, say, nine-year-old, like in my case, I would not watch this with Caroline, and she has seen all kinds of stuff, but I don't need her 
seeing this kind of stuff. I mean, there were scenes with people peeing and, you know, heads being blown off and people blowing up and leaving bone fragments everywhere. And, I mean, just really gnarly stuff. And then just all the nudity, too. I mean, it's pretty crazy with the nudity uh, as it was in the game. Um, but, yeah, overall, I... Me, personally, and I know you won't agree, I feel this is the best thing we've done for this show um, overall. Uh, I can't think of anything I enjoyed more. Like, Sonic was a good movie and all. Um, you know, The Wizard is nostalgic. But this is something I would personally recommend to anyone that's into anime or into cyberpunk. Uh, I think it's a, you know, it's a quick watch, and uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's it's really good. Uh, it's really well done. Uh, just personally, it was not uh, my what I like. And if you want to, I, I feel like maybe it's because I played the video game version, uh, and I think that story is a lot better or a lot a lot more. Uh, I mean, you're playing it as a character, so it's more fun uh, to me. Yeah. So I think that maybe you might have had a negative bias to, for watching this. I think if I didn't know, like just not knowing anything about cyberpunk i think it's you know it would have been great but i think i knew too much going in which it's a ble- it's like a double-edged sword where it's like oh it's cool i know all these locations i know these phrasing and i know this world but it's like now i know too much and it's uh it's not as good yeah it's not as good as the characters in the game for sure like you, 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 i mean you can't top keanu reeves <laughs> <laughs> well i almost feel like and and, and um envy people that haven't played cyberpunk that will watch this and then play the game because i feel like the game will be better having watched this but the reverse isn't true if that makes sense i think that yeah you and i having played the game we knew a lot of the tropes and things like that and like you said maybe we wouldn't have caught on about the cyber psychosis quite as quickly because you know this is something you and i already knew completely about so on and so forth um so and we know how the world works yeah we know how like everyone's gonna double cross and triple cross each other and uh yeah everything i mean yeah. it's an exaggerated reality of what is really going on uh basically to me that's what the cyberpunk universe feels like it's a weird and that's how like that's how I look at it. Like this is a yeah. direction we are already kind of on the way to. Yeah, it's very scary, um, but yeah. <sighs> anyway, overall, like I said, I I absolutely loved it. Cujo uh, didn't hate it, so check it out. Um, do you have any idea what it is you want to do next? Yeah, keeping in the theme of anime, and <laughs> you might hate me for this one, but uh, probably. I am going to pick the Trails in the Sky anime movie. <laughs> oh, man. Where do I even find that? Well, I own the copy on DVD. So if yeah. you can't find it digitally, which you might not be able to, we can do the whole, like, I'll play it on uh, how we did with, like, Mario Brothers. Where sure, you can, yeah. You can just watch it and then just do the episode right afterwards, like, on uh, Discord. Because you can, like, watch Yeah, it. that might work. But, yeah, I'll look around. It's just called Trails in the Sky, and it's a... Because I, I know nothing of the series. I haven't played any of them. I've been told that if I play Trails in the Sky on PSP, that 
um, I'll absolutely love it by multiple people. And it's kind of kept me from doing so because the series has been going on for a while now and there's a lot of entries and the last thing I need is to be in love with like another series. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or just like go whole hog into that because I don't have time for the shit I already like. It's more um, um, fantasy, so it's not cyberpunk, so I don't know if you'll love it. Um, oh, no, I love fantasy just almost as much as I do, you know, but uh, uh, the cyberpunk stuff. I heard, well, I just read reviews on the anime, and it's just not as uh, good as the game. Um, mm. It's very, very, like, so this movie's like an hour, and the game's like a hundred hours, so if that tells you how, like, yeah, yeah. down it's going to be. <laughs> well, you'll definitely get a perspective of someone that knows virtually nothing about the games outside of, like, listening to the couple of podcasts I think you guys have done. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about it. So, you know, get a perspective that isn't biased towards, uh, you know, me having played the game and having insider knowledge. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. And like I said, I'll, I'll try and find it. I'm sure it is online somewhere, quotations. Uh, I'll just see if I can't find it. And, yeah, check it out. So that's what's coming up next. Uh, you can listen to our other shows. Kujo does a show called The RPG Show. Uh, you probably already listened to that if you're listening to this. Um most recently, you did do a Trails game, isn't that right? Trails from Zero? Trails from Zero, yep, that was the last one we did. And, uh, yeah, you can check that show out. Uh, I liked it, and I didn't know anything about the game, so check that out. And uh, we also, or I should say I also, uh, do a show called, well, it's on, it's called Retro RPG Show, but I do a segment called Is It Worth It? Um with uh, James Mulholland. Uh, we will be very soon. I'm not exactly sure when we're going to record it. Uh, be doing an episode over uh, Live Alive, uh, which is recently being ported to the uh, Switch. Uh, it's an RPG. It's an incredible game. Uh, spoilers for that. Um, so, yeah, check that out. And all the normal BS, you know, check us out on Discord. Um, you can find links at therpgshow.com. Um, yeah, I'm in there, Kujo's in there, we're all in there, that's the best way to find us, you know, you can find us on Facebook and stuff too, if you just type in those respective keywords and maybe add podcast, you'll be able to find us all over the net. So yeah, until then, uh, you know, hopefully this next one's a good one, I have my doubts. Yeah, hopefully it's a good one, but I don't think it will be. <laughs> Alright man, well it was good talking to you. Yep, later. I don't know, man.